as HK Guy. Um, I love Hello Kitty and I like collecting Hello Kitty and I like to show off part of my collection and photographs on Instagram on Hello Kitty Junkie. And I think, you know, the Sanrio concept of small gift, big smile can apply. You don't need to spend a lot of money to enjoy Hello Kitty, to enjoy Sanrio items, but you can enjoy Hello Kitty even with small items like a pencil or, a, you know, a little red envelope to brighten your day. I basically flew down to LA and like as soon as Sephora opened I went to the Sephora location and, and purchased my item, those some Hello Kitty collaboration items of course, uh, so that I could get the signature by Yuko Yamaguchi. Welcome to Small Gift Big Story, the podcast dedicated to collecting, archiving, and sharing your personal Sanrio stories. My name is Marty and I love Sanrio. My name is Salome and I love Sanrio too. On today's episode, our guest is Oliver, also known as HK Guy. Oliver may be known to some as a super Hello Kitty collector, someone that travels far and wide to Sanrio events, but he's also a very kind and giving person. Yeah, every time we see Oliver at a Sanrio event, whether it's a Sanrio warehouse sale, at an HK Junkies meetup, or even at the Giants Hello Kitty baseball game, he always has goodies to give. That's right. At the Giants game, he made freshly baked orange Hello Kitty cookies. I think they were pumpkin flavored. Um, they were soft and yummy. He also has some kind of handmade craft that he hands out to everybody. Right, like stencil cutouts in the shape of Hello Kitty, or even vinyl Hello Kitty stickers. Also, he's likely going to be wearing some sort of Hello Kitty related t-shirt. My personal favorite is the t-shirt that he has where HK is dressed up as Chun-Li from Street Fighter 2. No surprise, that's your favorite. I like his, um, I like the chubby bunny bow he wears sometimes. Oliver has always fascinated us because as we've gotten to know him, we've learned just how extensive his collection is. So with his vast collection he has amassed, we thought there had to be some pretty good Sanrio stories in there. He starts out by explaining that he'd always seen Hello Kitty around when he was younger, but he didn't start collecting until the release of the Hello Kitty Sega Dreamcast. Then he goes on to explain how his collection started growing from there. For a while, I just only had the Dreamcast, and I wasn't—I didn't really have any other Hello Kitty items, so it was just an electronic item um, for video games. And then um, the infamous Massager became available on eBay, and I decided that I wanted to have one of those too, and so eventually... I won an auction for one of those Hello Kitty massagers, and um, I decided, well, I got these two electronic items, I guess I'm going to collect Hello Kitty electronic items. And so for a few years, I was only buying Hello Kitty electronic items, so like little cute um, motion things that are the, those little solar things. Um, I bought the waffle maker and the toaster um, and various other electronic items, and then People start to learn that you're a fan of Hello Kitty, and so they'll say, oh, I was at this store, and I saw Hello Kitty, and I thought of you. And then sometimes they say, oh, I saw, I was at the store, and I saw this item, and it was so cute, but I didn't buy it because I wasn't sure if you would have it already. And then sometimes they would say, oh, I was at the Hello Kitty store, and I saw this really cute item, and I thought of you, so here. And then they would hand you an item. Eventually, over time, my electronic collection of Hello Kitty items expanded to be anything that I thought was cute. And so I had originally set a limit saying, you know, whenever I go to the Hello Kitty store, I'll, I'll say, well, for the monthly spending limit, it's going to be $50. 
And then eventually I joined the Hello Kitty Junkies fan site. And that's great because you can share your collection and you can bond with other, other Hello Kitty fans. But the problem is that you can see other people's collections and you go, I want one of those too. And so then you start searching for things um, that other people had and then you can make friends overseas and they can help you buy stuff from Japan or Hong Kong or Europe. Um, so it, it can really enable you even more than eBay. Oliver brings up a really good point about how when people find out you're into Hello Kitty, then you instantly become the easiest person to shop for. Even though people buy me Hello Kitty stuff, I think that deep down, they just love Hello Kitty themselves too. I always am amazed that at work, even my fourth grade students want to give me Hello Kitty presents instead of keeping it for themselves just because they know that I'm super into Sanrio. But that's what Sanrio's all about, gift giving. People are so nice. See, Sanrio and Hello Kitty just makes people nice and happy. Speaking of nice and happy, Oliver then explains what he goes on to collect next. But just like so many of us, after collecting and collecting so much kitty goodness, he starts running out of space. So we went on to ask him what Hello Kitty items he is currently collecting now. Now it's whatever I think is cute, but then in the back of my head it's like, where am I going to put this if I buy it? So I tell myself, do I, do I like this or do I like really want this? And so I try not to buy things unless I really want them or it's a really good sale like at the um, warehouse sales because the, the limiting factor I'm, – I'm in computers so I make pretty good money. And so the limiting factor is not how much something costs but the space to store that item once I get it. So that's kind of backwards for most people. But in terms of what I like, I especially like collaboration plushes. Um, so recently they had Evangelion plushes so I got some of those not too long ago I haven't posted a picture of those yet um, they had a um, there was some Japanese anime where they had a super limited uh, edition plush where uh, it was Hello Kitty sort of a samurai ninja sort of look um, I really liked the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collaboration they had these figurines um, I really liked those uh, the the Playboy stuff, I didn't get any of the Playboy stuff when they had it in Europe because they didn't have a plush. They had a mug and a camera, but they didn't have anything I really, really wanted, so I didn't go out of my way to get that. I'm hoping they do that collaboration again and do a plush next time. I do have some um, bunny plushes from Japan, which are sort of Playboy style, but they don't have Playboy branding on them. They're just Hello Kitty as a bunny, but um, they, those are really cute. A long time back, um, there was some gothic ones. So there was a, a designer called um, Novala or Novara Takamoto. And they had this, he, he was a very big name in the goth Lolita uh, fashion industry for a while. And so he did a collaboration with Hello Kitty. And so they had Hello Kitty dressed up in three different gothic um, archetypes, one of which was the um, sweet Lolita, where they're sort of Edwardian and she looks like little Bo Peep. They had sort of the black um, traditional gothic one, uh, so and then they had the the weird uh, one where they look sort of punk with uh, extra eye patches and stuff. So collaborations like that I like a lot. Mahjong sets I really like, so I've collected various um, authentic uh, Mahjong sets from uh, mostly Hong Kong or Taiwan. Uh, there's 
those baseballs. Um, I'm not sure when they were produced. They were around 2004 or so, um, made in Taiwan. And so they had a pink one and a blue one. And they don't show up on eBay very often, but I managed to grab them uh, when they were on eBay. And so I really liked them. And I was lucky enough to get them signed by Yuko Yamaguchi, the lead designer for Hello Kitty. And so there's a lot of um, emotional uh, attachment to these baseballs because I went through all this effort to get them. And then also I got them signed by the lead designer of, of Hello Kitty. So that was really great. Now, a lot of the items that Oliver was explaining didn't sound like you could just go down to Sanrio and pick them up. But I did hear that he sometimes would get things off of eBay. But... Yeah, Oliver seems to know about or have items many of us have never seen or heard of. So we asked him to spill the beans on how he's able to get some of these items that are beyond the store or the Sanrio website. Sanrio Japan has a website. And you can look at the items. Unfortunately, everything is described in Japanese. But we have the wonders of things like Google Translate. So you can sort of get the idea of what the item is, even if you, the translation is not perfect. Uh, the question is, how do you get an item from Japan um, in Sanrio, Japan, that doesn't ship to the U.S.? And so you have to go through a buyer. Um, or you buy it on eBay, depending on how things go. So a lot of times, when a, a limited edition item is available, if you don't buy it instantly from the website, the Sanrio Japan website, it'll sell out and then you have to buy it from eBay from one of the other resellers for a big markup. I don't personally have a buyer, but I have several friends who buy a lot from um, Japan through resellers. Typically, they, what they charge is they charge a 10 or 15 or 20 percent um, reseller fee and then you still have to pay for shipping from Japan to the U.S. And so... Um, I have friends who are on the Sanrio website all the time, and they're like, oh, look at what just came out. Or, or you can look at the equivalent of the um, Sanrio Japan blog and see what's coming. Um, I'm also on Twitter and following all of, not all, but many of the Sanrio or Hello Kitty um, news rebroadcaster tweeting uh, accounts. And so you can find interesting collaborations that way. Um, if you don't pre-order things, then you really end up paying a premium. So it, it really pays. I mean, it's it's more economical if you can find out about things in advance. Um, sometimes I don't hear about them until somebody else has bought them and I see the picture and I'm like, oh, where did you get that? And like, how much is it now? And then I have to decide how badly I want that item when it was a year ago. Sanrio fans end up going to great lengths to get their Sanrio fix. They have to have that item. Or they have to attend that event because they happen so infrequently. So Oliver explains his story about a wild weekend in Southern California in pursuit of some autographs. But before we start, we have to let you know that when he mentions Sanrio Brea, he later corrected himself and told us that that's actually Sanrio in the Tyler Mall in Riverside. So I think the craziest thing that I did was when the HK Air Jet uh, came to the U.S. for the first time to L.A., I couldn't make it to that, unfortunately. But they brought Yuko Yamaguchi and three other, two or three other Sanrio designers, and they were doing signings all around the L.A. area um, that weekend before they flew back. So basically, in three days, I went to um, four different locations I guess I was only there Saturday and Sunday, because on Saturday I went to two locations, and on Sunday I went to two locations. And on Saturday, 
think Yuko Yamaguchi was doing the signing at uh, on Saturday. She was doing the one in Arcadia. I think the first signing was at 11, and I got there at 11.15, and they said all of the 11 uh, a.m. signings are sold out, and then we have some of the um, 2 p.m. Uh, signings to be available. And so I said, okay, give me the last possible signing. So I think it was number 30, uh, number 40 out of 40, and then I drove to another location to get a signing by somebody else. All I remember is I was at the... Arcadia location talking to the store owner and I was like okay give me the last possible signing and I'm going to drive over to Brea or wherever the location was and then I'll be back and she's like are you sure that's like a one to two hour drive and I was like yeah and so I drove to Brea and she's like oh say hi to the other store owner for me because she knew the other franchise owner and so I drove to Brea and got the signature from the from the um, Sanrio designer that was in uh, Bray or wherever that location was. And then I drove back and I was the last possible signing for Yuko Yamaguchi at the Arcadia location. So that was Saturday. So that was, you know, two or three hours of driving uh, to get signatures. And then on Sunday, I went to Torrance and I was, you know, one of the first few people in line for Torrance and then uh, for a different designer. And it turned out that Yuko Yamaguchi was uh, also doing a signing in Orange County at South Coast Plaza. And so I said, well, if I'm in the first few signings and I have time, then I'll go over to South Coast Plaza and get a signature from Yuko if they're still available. And so I went to Torrance and I was one of the, you know, number five in line or something like that. And so there were still several hours left. So I drove all the way to South Coast Plaza to get another signature from Yuko Yamaguchi. And the really weird thing is on Saturday in Arcadia, there was a crazy amount of line and people you know, got turned away from a signing with Yuko Yamaguchi. But in South Coast Plaza, the line wasn't that bad. And so when I drove up you know, several hours into the signing, I was still able to get a signature for a friend. And it was really funny because apparently I wasn't connected to them on Facebook. But the uh, people on Facebook knew that I was coming to South Coast Plaza because I said, oh, I'm going to South Coast Plaza now. And they were really amused by that idea. And so they told each other on Facebook. Yuko uh, recognized me between Saturday and Sunday because I was still wearing the same uh, purple uh, chubby bunny hair bow. So I feel it's those types of things that Oliver does that make him so recognizable, which leads to... Him having amazing street cred? So much so that he recently was approached by Sanrio to be one of two judges for their Hello Kitty Con Instagram contest. I got approached by the marketing people who were looking for judges to judge for their contest for Hello Kitty Con. And um, they wanted to get people who were um, good judges of the Sanrio concept of small gift, big smile. And so they contacted me and they contacted Maria Hello Kitty Junkie uh, to ask if we would be willing to be judges for this contest. And of course we said yes. And the only problem is now we couldn't participate in the contest. The contest came in three parts for across three weeks. And so they had different themes for each week. And there was a random drawing each week to, to get a, a small prize uh, for anybody who entered on Instagram or Twitter with the right um, hashtag. And then they would take the three different themes all together, and they would the judges, 
Marie and I were um, supposed to select the winner based on how they fulfilled the theme. So there were three themes. Um, one of the themes was uh, flashback. One of them was small gift, big smile. And I forget. Uh, and one of them was how you would dress um, for KittyCon if you were going to go. And so um, they did an initial selection to narrow down all the entrants because they got hundreds if not thousands of entrants uh, for it. And so they narrowed it down. And then from the, the finalists, Marie and I picked uh, the winner. And it was very, very hard. I mean, I ended up doing a spreadsheet and trying to rate each of the pictures on each of the weeks. And there was, you know, even after rating them, there were still like 10 or so different um, finalists that had a 9 or a 10 on every photo. So it ended up being like a long discussion between Marie and me to say, well, you know, they're all, they have all these great photos, so we're going to use their description of the photos sort of as a tiebreaker and say who whose description best fulfilled small gift, big smile. And so we ended up picking Susie Pop as a result of that. How fun. Imagine spending time pouring over Sanrio pictures and celebrating all the joy it brings. Yeah, it's kind of like what we have going on with this podcast. So glad we don't have to judge, though. Oliver, however, was able to see firsthand so many people's love of Sanrio. What a great role. Speaking of HKCon, Oliver talks about his experience at the vintage shop. Yeah, he tells us about how he acquired that one special item he was after. Is there any item that I really want um, that I don't have? And so when I was at KittyCon, they had the vintage shop. And I was like, okay, if they have that analog phone from 1976 or 78, whenever it was from, I am buying that. And so when I walked in, I instantly saw the blue version of that phone, and um, I was getting ready to buy it. And they go, oh, you know, this one is slightly damaged. There's a better one behind the, the shelves um, uh, in better condition. And so I said, okay, I want that one. And so when I went to the vintage shop, that was the first thing. That, that was the only thing that I bought because it was kind of expensive. And I just handed them my credit card, and I was like, I want that. And so the only problem with that phone is that it had been on display for a while, and so the plastic that it is made from, it used to be off-white, but it has become yellowed with age. And I found out recently um, from the old computer collecting societies for the Commodore 64s and the VIC-20s that they have a solution which involves peroxide that you can use to brighten up your uh, old white plastic that turns yellow under UV light. And so I'm going to test out this solution at some point to try and uh, restore my phone into better condition. So I would say at this point I've got every Hello Kitty item that I've, I've really, really wanted. The only thing I don't have is that claw machine. So um, a long time ago Japanese Village Plaza had a Hello Kitty claw machine and it broke and they were going to sell it. And I was like, I really want that, but I would have to get a U-Haul from Los Angeles to carry it back to San Francisco. And I don't even, I'm not even sure it would fit in my storage unit, so I end up not buying it. But I really wanted that machine, so someday, someday I'm going to have a Hello Kitty claw machine. Oliver is still searching for his one last item, the claw machine. Marty, are you searching for anything? 
Yes, actually, I think both of us are searching for more people to share their Sanrio stories. Exactly. If you have a Sanrio story, please let us know. You can log on to facebook.com slash smallgiftbigstory and drop us a message. On our Facebook page, you're going to see pictures of Oliver's stories, um, as well as many other pictures from past Small Gift Big Story episodes. Oliver goes on to tell us about some of the items he brings to Hello Kitty meetups. So, um, the vinyl stickers and the stencils I give away when I go to meetups. So, uh, meetups are basically Hello Kitty fans will say, hey, let's all gather at a certain time and place and people can just hang out and, and meet each other. At KittyCon, we had a really good meetup um, the first day, Thursday. We got over 20 people. And people, you know, just sat there. You know, there were too many people for me to even talk to everybody. Just wave and say hi. Um, and I gave out um, stencils and cookies um, to everybody at that meetup. You know, the concept of small gift, big smile. It only takes me a little bit of time and money to make these items. And I think, you know, they're a great way to share my love of Hello Kitty with other fans. In terms of the baking... I never baked until I bought the Hello Kitty cookie cutters. And so as soon as I bought these cookie cutters, I'm like, okay, I need to use them. And so now I need to go buy a rolling pin and a baking sheet and uh, a mixer. You know, oh, wait, I have a Hello Kitty hand mixer. Let's use that. Uh, once I figured out that I could do this baking, I, of course, all baked goods must be Hello Kitty shaped. And so I um, moved on to some other um, pastries that I've tried to make. There is a traditional Chinese pastry which is served during New Year's time, um, which is called Feng Li Su. It's basically a pineapple shortcake. Uh, the inside filling is pineapple and winter melon, and it's got a very flaky crust. And so this was one of my favorite desserts from childhood. And so I decided to make that, and it comes in a rectangular shape. And then I figured out, hey, I have these Hello Kitty muffin silicone pans, I wonder if it will work in that. And so I did. And it does work, although not perfectly, because the flaky crust uh, is a little bit soft and it doesn't get the image as well. But you can definitely see the overall shape and the bow of her ear. Um, another pastry that I like to make is mooncakes. These are traditional mid-autumn festival. It translates as mid-autumn even though it's in September, October. It's a harvest moon festival, really. And these are a very soft dough on the outside, and the inside is uh, traditional fillings or red bean paste or lotus seed paste. Um, nowadays, you can get them in all sorts of variations, but I like the red bean and the lotus seed paste the best. It's now that time of our podcast where we ask all of our guests, Who are your top five favorite Sanrio characters? Hello Kitty is definitely the favorite character and the one I've collected the most of. Uh, Botsmaru, um, I used to collect more Botsmaru than I do now. Um, I don't have many Botsmaru items that I bought recently, but I would say Botsmaru is number two. Um, after number two, it's really hard to say. I like Pachaco um, a lot, so I guess I would put Pachaco at number three. And then the rest of the Sanrio characters are sort of a, a mishmash altogether. Um, Goro Picadon, uh, the caveman, really amuses me for some reason. Um, and uh, My Melody and Twin Stars are sort of up there too, although I guess that's more than five. 
And that brings us to the end of this episode. We want to thank Oliver for being our guest for this episode. And we also wanted to thank you for listening. Don't forget to write us and tell us your Sanrio story. Till next time, thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.